bringing this back. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. And this is just America. This is just the U.S. of A. Next. Three and a half more men than women commit suicide. Three and a half times more men. In 2016, nearly 45,000 Americans aged 10 or older. 10 or older. 10 or older committed suicide. Next. White males account for 7 out of 10 between the ages of 45 and 54. The next greatest number are those who are at the age of 85 or greater. And I can only imagine that's due to health reasons. And I I don't know, but these are just statistics. Suicide is rarely caused by a single factor. let's, Let's go back for a second. A single factor. It's not one thing. It's a culmination of things. And if we don't put these fires out, if we don't learn to deal with situations individually, they culminate. You can go from, oh, man, I got a flat tire to getting to work. And it's like, oh, I forgot my lunch, too. And there's two strikes against you. And I dealt with those things every day for decades. Next slide. And this is where the rubber meets the road. Researchers found that more than half of people who died by suicide did not have a known diagnosed mental health condition at the time of death. So that means every day, healthy people like you and I are committing suicide. There's nothing wrong with them mentally. They're not schizophrenic. They're not bipolar. They just have too much going on in their lives. So what's, what's going on with you? Man, it seemed like everything was fine and my girlfriend just said, She wants to break up with me. So for that reason, we kill ourselves. I was working at this job for five years, man, and just just like that, they just told me they don't need me anymore. They let me go. And for that, we drive our cars off a cliff. And I I will tell you this. During that period, The one thing that kept me was a voice saying, wait, wait. And we're not we're not packed out in here, but I would have missed out on all of this. Seeing these beautiful faces on this beautiful morning, if I would have just succumbed to those things. And then the last point I want to make or the last Think about this. Nearly a third of people who die at their own hands, nearly a third of people die at their own hands more than at people's, other people's hands. So for every two murders that you hear about, three other people kill themselves. Now, we know in Chicago, it's, it's, it's like every weekend, 10, 20, 25 people are being gunned down. So if 25 people are dying by other people's gunshot, then that's like, I'm just doing the math off my head, that's like 40 people that are committing suicide. But why don't we hear about the suicides? Why don't we hear about that? One, 
is we pay people to make stuff go away. We, it's, it's one of those diseases or one of those issues that we don't want to talk about. We don't want to admit. Everyone who has ever died of HIV or AIDS is not necessarily homosexual. But we don't want to tell, oh, my cousin or my friend or my brother, they died of AIDS. The first thing that pops in people's mind, oh, see, they, had, they got what coming to them. No, you don't know. But we don't want to talk about suicide as if it's something so bad. And I don't want to have anybody raise their hands, but think about the pressures that you faced in your lifetime. Did you ever consider that I don't, I don't want to deal with this? And if not, how were you going to deal with it? How were you going to deal with it? So it's not others that hinder us as much as we hinder ourselves. We can talk, and I asked a question about the list of people who have said things that have hurt us throughout our lives. But when it boils down to it, (laughs) Pastor Wendy said last week, sticks and stones may break my bones, but you know those words can really tear you down. There's also the saying that it's not what people call you, it's what you answer to. And it's obvious that the people who can hurt us most are the ones who are closest to us. But when it really boils down to it, the one that can hurt me the most is only me. I can do the worst damage to my life. You can try to hurt me. You can go on the computer and shut down my credit. I got a, I got a credit score of three. You can lock up all of my bank accounts and I can't get a dime. I don't care if I go to the ATM or the teller. You can do all those things to me, but the worst things that could ever happen to me, I can only do them to myself. So what is suicide? Suicide is the act or instance of taking one's own life voluntarily or intentionally. And we're familiar with that. It's the act of intentionally and voluntarily taking our own life. But then B says what? Everyone read this together. Ruin of one's own interest. We can ruin our own interest. And we hear terms such as, oh, man, when he made that statement, he just committed political suicide. He just, man, when he cussed the coaches out, he just ended his football career. But when we say things maybe to hurt Sister Nikki here, and Sister Nikki goes, you don't say that to me, I'm your boss. I may have said it to hurt her, but I really have hurt myself. I've really hurt myself. And we commit verbal suicide, and there's, this message is twofold. Because there is a real issue with suicide. But then there's also the verbal and spiritual suicide that we commit. All of the time. Simply why? Because we fail to what? Hashtag what? Speak life. We are not speaking life over ourselves. So what happens when we commit suicide? 
And the Lord, I remember I was right around the building on Thursday when we were out here praying. And the Lord said, many are falling. Many are falling before answering the calling. Many are falling before answering the calling. God has a call. The statistics just came out the other day about um, unemployment in the state of Virginia is getting going down or it's whatever level it is, it's getting better. And you're like, well, where's the job? Where's my job? Because I just got laid off. I can't speak for your financial, your physical job, but I'm telling you, there's always work in the kingdom. Well, what does God want me? Does God want me to open the church? I'm not going to tell you what God has for you to do. But I'm telling you, there are people that you know, and there's a young lady over here to my right, to your left, constantly bringing people to church because she has a purpose. She, she may not understand her purpose, but she's fulfilling her purpose constantly, constantly bringing people into church. Do the work of an evangelist. That's what the Bible says. You don't have to have a title to do what God wants you to do. Thank you. Thank you both for doing what what you feel called to do. Amen. So my first point is this. I only have two points on the day. The only thing coming out is what's in. The only thing that's coming out is what's in. So what do I mean by that? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. And it says, do not get drunk. And I'm reading from the NIV version. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Or in other words, the NIV version or another version. This is the NIV version. Another version says, which could end your life. Don't get drunk with wine, which can end your life. Instead, be filled with the spirit. Verse 19. Speaking to who? Speaking to who? With psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Big S, meaning Spirit of God, not the Spirit that's in us. Sing and make music from your heart. That's what worship is all about. Singing songs from our heart to the Lord, not to my wife. I love my wife. And if I could serenade her with my voice, I would. I tell her I love her. But I'm singing melodies from my heart to the Lord. And then verse 20 says, always giving thanks to God. Not thinking, how can I get out of this? How many pills does it take to make this go away? Because it's it's embarrassing when you try to commit suicide and you don't succeed. Then you have to live with the shame. I'm sorry. Go back to that scripture, please. Always giving thanks to God, the father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. No matter how bad a situation is, God knew the situation was coming before he came. God knew he's not. Oh, what do we? Okay. Get out in prayer and we'll come up with a plan to get you out of this. Okay? 
I need you to stop. Tell your boss you're going to be late. You know you got that good rapport with them. You're just going to be a few minutes late. And I know traffic's going to be bad. I'll get you through the traffic, but I just can't get you through this problem right now. No, God already knew. And he's already equipped you for the situation you're going through. So what do we have to do? I got to go back to Pastor Wendy again. Because I'm happy. (laughs) And really, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed and happy is the same word. Blessed and happy are the same word. So what do you do? People can act a certain way all of the time or whenever you see them. And you're thinking, man, that person's got it going on. I wonder where they work at. Man, that's a nice car they drive. I wonder how much money they're making. But it isn't until a certain situation or certain circumstances arise and you see them act, whoa, they are not who you think they are. Because what? The only thing that can come out of them is what's in them. They put up a front. But eventually, when, it, when the rubber hits the road, the only thing that can come out of you is what's in you. And it may not ever come out because we can oppress things. We can hold things down and don't let them come out. I can stand up here with the praise and worship team. Get my little dance on. It's like, he can sing. And they're like, all right, Robert, you take it. My mic's not working. My mic, can you turn <laughs> I can oppress the fact that I can't sing. But really, when it comes time, it's like, Pastor Robert, won't you sing us a song? Then you realize it ain't in me, so it can't come out of me. Only thing that can come out of me is what's in me. There's an old saying, and nobody knows where it came from where it came from, it's better to remain silent and only appear to be foolish than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. And they don't know if it came from Abraham Lincoln. Some people think Mark Twain. But there is a scripture, Proverbs 17 and 28, which says even the fools are, are thought wise if they keep silent. If you keep your mouth Shut. Nobody knows. You don't know. But what do I mean by the only thing that can come out of me is what's in me? Did I tell you about this girl I dated? I didn't really date her. But, but you go out on a date with this person. This is a hypothetical situation. And you're thinking, the moment is right. And you go over and you try to kiss her. And she bites you in the face. Like, oh, what's wrong with you? I'm sorry. I didn't tell you. I was raised by dogs. <laughs> the only thing that can come out of her is what's in her. That's all that can come out because she was raised by dogs. She was learned if you get in my space, I'm going to bite you. If you were raised by bears, you're going to act like a bear. You can oppress it. But the only thing that can come out of you is what's in you. If you do not have the word of God in you, the word of God cannot come out of you. 
We've got to get the word. So when these situations come upon me and I decide, you know something? Let me back up. A few years ago, got a speeding ticket. And uh, had to go to court for it and all of that. And it changed how I drive. It really changed the way I drive. I invented, I invented road rage. Honestly. If people cut me off on the interstate, and, and this is how God delivers us. And this is how the angels of God encamp around about us. This is how God has purpose for us and says, it's not your time. If people cut me off on the interstate, no problem. I like NASCAR. I go up and I tap their bumper at 55, 60 miles an hour. <laughs> and I remember a, a elderly man, he cut me off. I was, I was pulling some furniture. I had a car with some furniture on it. Mother, don't look at me like that. I had a trailer with some antique furniture on it, driving from... Texas all the way back up to to, uh, Kentucky and this elderly man cut me off on the interstate so I'm like I don't care about the furniture my pride is at stake here so I boom I tapped his bumper he looked at me he pulled off the road he was like I was like yeah let's go you want some of this I mean I'm just keeping it real y'all I wasn't born saved I ain't been saved all my life we pulled off to a truck stop, and he's like, what are you thinking? I was like, you cut me off. I was in this lane. You cut me off. He's like, I'm calling the police. I was like, go ahead and call them. I went over, locked in the car. I walked in the, inside the truck stop. I'm like, Lord, please don't let him call the police. Don't let him call the police. I came out, and the man was gone. The man was gone. I don't know why, but the man was gone. I got on the road, and I never did that again. Mother stopped laughing at me. But even more recently, and, and, and it's like you can do things to try to persuade people to do stuff, but until God deals with them and they deal with themselves, they're never going to change. You can see people weaving in and out of traffic, and you can cut in front of them like they're going to stop. It's like, guess what? As soon as they get around you, they're going to keep doing it. So now it's like, when I drive to work, hey, Granny, it's like I do the speed limit, maybe five over or whatever. Honestly, it has changed the way I looked because the only thing that's in me is what's going to come out of me. And I used to think that aggression was a way to handle my problem. But anyway, enough of that. My second point. It is what it is. That's just what it is. You can't change it. Because it is what it is. How many of you agree? It is what it is. Okay, put your hands up. I see them. Put your hands up. One. mm, mm, mm. Okay, it is what it is. Okay. So what does the scripture say? Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish 
one another with all wisdom through psalms. Same thing as Ephesians says. With psalms and hymns and songs from the spirit again. Singing to God with what? Gratitude in your hearts. And then verse 17 says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. But we say, but it is what it is. So nothing that I say can change this situation. If it is what it is, then why is a goat a goat? Because Adam says it is. God invested enough responsibility in Adam. Said, Adam, I'm creating all of these animals. I don't want you to be alone. I'm going to create all these animals. And I'm going to bring them to you and you call them what it is. Well, I want that to be a goat. Okay. Um, That's going to be a chicken. Okay. People are going to really love those. That's going to be a horse. But at what point did God say, no, 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 no. That's not what I wanted. I wanted that to be, I wanted that to be a, a, a giraffe. And you're calling it a moose. God never corrected him. God never changed anything that Adam spoke of it is what it is. So what your situation is, is what you're calling it. If you're saying it's over, it's never going to happen, it's not going to work out, then it is what it is. And God's not going to change it if that's what you believe. He didn't correct Adam and he's not going to correct you. Because what's in you is going to come out of you. So if you believe that there's no hope for this, then fine. Because the only thing that's going to work out for you is what you do. Who's hurting you? I'm hurting me. So you go to the job interview and you're sitting there in the office and they're saying, we need you to come on in just for one final interview. We've got some decisions to make and we we just want to be sure. So it's like, come on in. They ask you a few more questions like we just thank you so much. We know it was an inconvenience. We told you to only be two interviews and this is the third one. So tell you what. Go to the break room, have some coffee. In fact, the coffee is free. Anything you want. So what do you do? You go sit in the break room and you wait. And what do you say to yourself while you're waiting? I'm all that in a bag of chips. 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 Where is that in scripture? I got it going on. I got it going on. I got it going on. Where is that in scripture? Now, if you want to look in the mirror and ask yourself, how good do I look? Then you can look in the mirror and say, yeah, I'm all that in a bag of chips. I got it going on. But when you're looking for a job, (laughs) no. Promotion doesn't come from the south or the east or the north. It comes from who? Comes from God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. It is in him that I live and move and have my being. Not I'm all that in a bag of chips. If you, I'll put it this way. If you want to kind of like stretch a meatloaf. My mom taught us when you make meatloaf, you know, you put, we put uh, oatmeal in it. And it kind of 
stretches it. So if you want to stretch it and put a little bit of that to kind of build your confidence, fine. But what kind of results do you want? Do you want results? Do you want good results? Or you want God's favor on your life? And I bring all of this back to say, when we are not speaking life over ourselves, it's almost as if we're committing a suicide.